Good afternoon, and welcome to Women Lead Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. Welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Good afternoon and welcome to Women Lead Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I'm Dr. Mary Lou Ryder, your host for Ageless Ambition, the podcast for anyone who believes that age is just a number and that it's never too late to chase your dreams and achieve your goals. Our topic today is the timeless professional conquering ageism and embracing personal, personal triumph. And our leading lady today is Dr. Patricia Clark White. She's a distinguished educational professional and she has extensive experience in K-12 and higher education leadership. And she's held roles as a school leader, a school superintendent in Southern California, and most recently the dean of a doctoral program uh, in Southern California higher ed. Uh, she is the co-author of the second edition of The Politically Intelligent Leader, and believe it or not, she's collaborating on a new book uh, for transforming conflict and finding, finding common ground. Good afternoon, uh, Dr. White. How are you today? Hi, I'm doing extremely well. Thank you. Thanks. I'm so glad you're here today. Pat, i got lots of questions for you. As you know, our topic is on the ageless professional, the timeless professional of which you are. And uh, you just are an amazing person out there in the educational and higher ed community. Um, I have a couple questions for you, Pat. Um, as a former dean of the School of Education and, and the only female uh, in that university as a dean. Can you share some experiences uh, that you can think of that come to mind when you felt that others were making assumptions about your ability uh, based just on your age, solely on your age? Do you have any um, experiences with that? Of course. Um, you know, I, it's, it's interesting because we usually think about ageism as focusing on the older generation. But with women, it's it almost starts at, as soon as we enter the workforce because I can recall back in the 70s when I was entering management at a time when there were a few women, I was told during a management team discussion that they were not yet ready for comments from the girls. So oh, wow. uh, at, <laughs> at, at that time, I was very young, uh, and uh, even though there were some males in the room also who are young managers from uh, who are male they were perceived as hard chargers and uh let's go they're a high energy and they were not really perceived as having less experience even though i probably had more experience than they did but that that's so that started early in in my career and then as i approached the latter part of my career, when I was in my 70s and 80s, I, um, I had uh, this ageism not only from the institution who looks at possibly policies that will uh, encourage more mature employees to 
retire earlier than they might normally by uh, because they want to push out the highly paid employees and bring in the young hard chargers, et cetera. So, so there's that institutional look at ageism, but then I also had a young faculty male member who kept wondering when I was going to retire so that I would make room for him to move up the administrative ladder. So it comes at you from a variety of, of, in a variety of ways, from early in your career to late in your career, from the institutional level to, to the interpersonal level. You know, you bring up a good point. That word intersectionality has been bounced around quite a bit out there with women. Not only uh, do we face the, uh, the level of gender, but we're also now as we age facing uh, our age. Um, <clears throat> I know Pat, uh, on a weekly basis, I work in the university environment also, um, I'm often asked, when are you going to retire? When are you going to retire? And I don't think they mean it negatively, but it's just a common question. Um, as someone who has consistently achieved remarkable professional success, which you have, your resume and your professional achievements are just stunning, um, and longevity, what advice now do you have for women uh, like myself who may face age-related challenges in their career? Got any advice for us out there? Well, <laughs> I always try to – when I was working, and I'm re, I am retired now, uh, I just retired in January – at the age of 82, and I, um, I always tried to make it a point to stay very current, very current in the big ideas in my field, very current in my leadership strategies, very current in the research I was doing, and also very current in the way I handled myself, the way I dressed, the way I groomed myself the makeup I wore, the hairstyles I wore. I tried not to fall into the stereotypes of what an 80-year-old woman <laughs> would look like, uh, and I, I tried to uh, avoid that stereotype. So that's one thing. Another thing is um, you need to really stay up with the technology and not let yourself become dependent on younger people or have them assume that you can't do something because, it, you know, you're not technologically proficient. Uh, that's a key to creating a perception that you're with it, that you're on top of things. And also establishing relationships that are good relationships with younger workers by mentoring them or collaborating on projects. It's really helpful if you uh, – associate with the younger members on your workforce because not only do they help, see you then as someone who is helping them and mentoring them and helping them to get ahead, but it also creates a, uh, the perception that you are part of a useful um, approach to doing the teamwork that is necessary. Um, you know, those are and, three and, good ones, Pat. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. You got more? <laughs> we'll take all I just, we can get. I just, ha I just had one more thing, and that is, you know, w sometimes we do it to ourselves by excusing errors, such as saying, "Oh, that was a senior moment," and oh, I, yeah. I kind of outlawed that practice uh, for me and m any of my faculty who were in the uh, upper ranges, because uh, we don't want to create the illusion 
that we are making mistakes because we're older. If we make mistakes, it's because we're human, not because we're you older. Know, so that, those are so, so good. I've, I've just kind of committed them to memory here because they're almost like you could write a book on these four. I, I want to kind of di- dive into those because uh, you've hit on some really good ones. Uh, I don't know, people haven't seen you, but I saw you about six months ago walk across the stage, and I was sitting in the audience, and I was like, oh, my Lord, she looks like a schoolgirl up there. This business about not looking like an old woman, what what do you do to make that happen for yourself? You know, that's not easy. Um, how, how do you keep yourself looking so young? And, you know, obviously we're all, you know, aging, but what, what do you do personally that maybe you could share with us? Well, for one thing, I um, I have two daughters who are in the workforce in their 40s. And uh, so I, you know, I'm, I observe how do they look and and I ask them for advice. I ask them, you know, what's what's a good uh a good look for me? What's a good uh outfit that I should uh consider? And what colors should I be wearing? I you know, like wearing drab colors. I I do wear a lot of black, but I always try to spice it up with something else that's either white or colorful. But I think it's really important not to wear drab clothing or ill-fitting clothing or something that's been in your closet for 20 years. I think it, it, even though those things might still be in good shape, I think it is very important to stay with the current dress dress trends. So I, I tend to invest in looking uh, more current with my clothing. I also... Um, this is a personal choice and not for everyone, but I personally am still a blonde. <laughs> and I feel, I feel that it's, uh, you know, when women, when people look at me, if they see a gray haired old lady, they tend to perceive that I am, you know, kind of out of touch or I'm not, I'm not the hard charger that they need for the business. And so that's why I uh, I will be blonde when they carry me out feet first. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Good advice. Good advice. I want to come back to those uh, other uh, advice that you gave us, other tips. Um, but right now, uh, we're going to take a quick moment and recognize one of our sponsors. So let me do that right now. And now we're going to uh, recognize uh, one of our sponsors. Woman Lead Radio is brought to you by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, Microsoft. The Microsoft mission is to empower every person and organization on the planet to achieve more. Microsoft believes technology is a powerful force for good and are working to foster a sustainable future where everyone has access to the benefits and opportunities created by technology. Microsoft believes technology can and should be a powerful force for good and that meaningful innovation can and will contribute to a brighter world in big and small ways. Thank you to thank you for your support, Microsoft, and to all our sponsors and partners. Now back to our show. Pat, um, you were talking about one of your second tips for um, staying vibrant in the workplace despite age is the technology, and that's interesting. We just came off uh, Microsoft's um, sponsorship. Um, technology seems to be my toughest, and you're right. Um, you know, I used to make the joke when they put my computer on the desk, well, does this come with a, a, a technology guy in the box to help me? Um, what do you do, uh, have you done throughout your career to keep up with tech? I know, because that's a real giveaway. 
That is critical. And of course, when I was still working in at the university, um, we did have faculty uh, do, we had faculty monthly meetings and every faculty meeting, uh, there, the faculty, there would be one faculty member who would share a technological ad, uh, advancement, something that was an innovation, innovative practice, and demonstrate it, and then we would practice with it. And, um, and that's something that I really believe needs to happen. And, 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 you know, you can't go out and learn everything for yourself, but if you can surround yourself with people who do know the um, technology and can help you to come up to speed like those faculty meetings where we played with technology, uh, that's a, a very good way to go really learn it. Um, also, Apple and other providers have um, workshops that they, you know, can assist with. And, and usually in the workplace, you have someone in an IT department who may be able to help you learn the new technology. <laughs> the problem is that often as you get older, I've noticed in watching other folks resist the idea and say, I don't know, I can't get this. I don't know how to do this. I can't, no, I, it's not for me. I, I'm just do, doing it my same old way. If you do that, then that's where they start putting the nails in your coffin for the right. job that you have. Mm-hmm. Right. They can see it right away. Um, how true. And I know that now that you're retired, um, you're on your own with technology. You don't have that guy in the box, so to speak, that can jump up from technology and help us. Um, what are you doing to keep up with your new skills? Because you know that technology is just evolving like, like the speed of light. Have you, have you done anything in the past six months since your retirement to keep up with technology? Well, as I said, um, my, I have two daughters who are both in the workforce and are um, excellent at technology. And so they help me to, you know, learn new skills and, um, and, and they help me a lot. I, I learn, I'm learning from them all the time about things that can make your work easier and faster and more efficient uh, by using various uh, techniques. So even if you don't have that advantage, you can't you can make friends with people who do know those things and who can give you tips and ideas. And um, I'm uh, you can go online. There, uh, uh, when I don't when I run into a snag. I go to YouTube, and YouTube has a video on almost everything and how right. to do various things with technology. So that's a, a great resource. It is. I never thought of that. Yeah, YouTube can just about get you out of any jam whatsoever. I just did that a couple of days ago. Um, mm-hmm. And then you talked about establishing younger uh connections. You know, one of the reasons I actually joined Connected Women of Influence is because they've got – the, they hold a gamut, run the gamut of you know, young women from 18 all the way up to myself. Um, I think I'm may, maybe the oldest member in the group, um, and thus uh, interested in this topic on ageless uh, ambition. Um, so you're retired, and I know you got your two daughters that you mentioned. How do you keep uh, keep uh, connected with those younger people now? And and how can other uh, women do that once retired? 
I think that it is um, important to get involved in various organizations and groups, either volunteering in local community groups, uh, sitting on boards where you get to be on the Boys and Girls Club board and you're associating both with other young professionals and also getting to connect with kids in your community. Uh, so volunteering is a, uh, is a really good way to do it. Getting involved with, you know, clubs uh, in, your, or in your neighborhood. Uh, setting up your own clubs. I know, Mary Lou, you've done that, uh, where you've wanted to uh, establish uh, a network of women in your neighborhood. And that's a way to, to also get involved. Uh, going to alumni meetings is from the institution where you got your degree. Uh, another good way. So uh, also uh, getting involved sometimes with in in your community, the Chamber of Commerce has mixers and they want to have people come and get to know each other, and that's um, a wonderful networking event. Uh, but also offering your your vast knowledge to coach, support, and mentor younger people. I think that is a great way to um, to really get connected with young people and, and younger workers. Well, and you're doing that today, so I do appreciate you giving up your time today to share that with us. Um, and I wanted to talk about this part where you mentioned that we do it to ourselves. Um, you know, just the other day I was in a meeting and I was with a, a woman. She's like 60 and she and she said, oh, she forgot the word. And then she said, oh, I'm having a senior moment. You know, it's kind of trite. I mean, it used to be funny, but you're right. Once they you say something like that or you even mention that your hips hurt or whatever, talk to me about that. How, how do you how do you get through that? Um, I I just think you you don't relate whatever the mistake is or the the momentary failure might be to age you know you're a human being you you know there's a lot going on there's this world that we live in today is crazy and and we have we're bombarded with data we're bombarded with late breaking news stories all the time everything it's a very chaotic environment so, yeah, there's going to be mistakes and there's going to be like, oh, forgetfulness or, gee, I can't remember the name of. But don't relate it to age. Don't call it a senior moment. You know, just say, you know, something like, oh, I got too much on my plate today. But right. um, but just don't relate it to age. Well, I'm not going to take this into the political arena by any means, but, I, you know, every night on television we're seeing that um, – there's uh, 80, 80 year old plus senators and uh, you know men running for for the president and there it, ageism seems to be a huge topic now. So um, could you let me just ask you this question? You're 80 plus. Could you run for president? I mean, let's just say you were there. And <laughs> would you have the stamina to be able to run for president and and take on the demands of that job? Uh, honestly, <laughs> that that is a good question. Um, when I was dean of the School of Education, I was uh, fine with that. I did not have any 
you know, I didn't feel like I was going to wimp out at any moment because of my age. But um, so, so that's a lot lower position than the president of the United States. I uh, I feel like it's an exhausting job that the and a, and a very demanding job at that level. But it also requires someone with a, a depth of background. The reason I was able to do my job successfully as dean is I knew what I was doing. I was very experienced. I had a wealth of knowledge, a wealth of experience, so that I wasn't learning on the job. I I had that, and and therefore I was able to use that to to move myself forward efficiently and effectively. And I think for someone who's been in politics and in a a leadership role in politics and has the experience and the depth of knowledge, that's the key for me to decide whether or not they're able to move forward. If they don't and they're 80, I would say no. (laughs) Uh, That's not a good match. But if they do and they're 80, I would say it's, it's manageable, it's doable. Yeah, so your testimony to that, because, again, you, you were extremely knowledgeable in your job and you were very successful, um, which brings me to one more question I wanted to ask you about your book um, in The Politically Intelligent Leader. Um, uh, all, all of our students in our university uh, read the book The Politically Intelligent Leader, and it's not so much about age, it's about being uh, politically intelligent. Are there any strategies in that book that you can share that you think would help an older woman an older woman out there in the workforce continue to succeed like you have? Anything that you, comes to mind? Well, uh, the the thing that comes to mind first is um, in order to be successful at any age, you have to have the trust of your people. And mm-hmm. so the, the one thing about being politically intelligent is that you have to use the ethics and the know-how and the uh, understanding of your people in order to build trust with them. You have to say what you're going to do, and then you have to do what you have said. And, um, and if you do that, that is going to be helpful in building trust. But people won't follow leaders who don't give them the impression that they know where they're going you as a leader you have to know where you're going you have to have the experience you have to have the knowledge you have to have a vision for where you're going and if you have that and can convey that and communicate to your people and then show them the respect and the and the 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 love and the compassion that they need in order to be successful in helping you deliver the vision then that I think is a key factor in being a political and politically intelligent leader. Well, thank you for that. And I know you're working on a new book. Um, can you share? We've just got a few minutes left here. Can you share? Um, I know you're alive and kicking, <laughs> and, you're, and you're retired, <laughs> but you are not done. Uh, what are your future aspiration goals, and how do you plan to continue to break barriers and inspire others in the years to come? It's so funny that you say that because every time I go to see my dermatologist, he says, okay, have you got another job yet? He said, I know you're not done. 
<laughs> and so he's the one doctor who always brings it up. But it is funny that um, that people have the expectation that I am going to continue, that they don't expect me to be, you know, sitting in my rocking chair and uh, watching soap operas. Uh, they have the expectation that I will continue to make a contribution. And I am thrilled by that. I'm thrilled by that expectation. I'm delighted to know that people have that feeling of, of respect for what I've accomplished thus far to think that I can make a contribution for the future. And so I will continue to um, research and write, and I will continue to do write articles and books and uh, work with colleagues and uh, co-authors to do that because I think that's a fun way also to uh, make the very isolating uh, job of writing uh, more interesting and more connecting with people. So I, I will do that. I will continue to make presentations, and I will continue to uh, mentor and coach and support those who are coming after me in the roles that they seek. Uh, you're known as the person who dares to say yes, and I knew when I asked you to be on this podcast, you <laughs> I just knew you'd say yes, and it didn't take too long. You said yes, so here you are. Um, just got a few more seconds left. Not seconds. We've got a few more minutes left. Um, physically, um, I've noticed with like every decade, it seems like I lose a little bit of speed in my steps. Um, uh, although I've, in, in my mind, I feel like I'm still 15 years old, 20 years old, thinking great things. Uh, Pat, what do you do to keep up physically? What are some things that you personally do to keep your keep yourself fit and and uh thinking smartly well um a couple of things one is i um go to a gym three times a week and work out with my husband the two of us go and um we have a program that we follow that is good for us good for our hearts good for our, our circulation and our bodies and so on so that's one thing I also have a new puppy, and oh. my little my little puppy makes it possible for me to get in ten thousand steps a day without any problem. <laughs> Chasing <laughs> her around, taking her for walks, and so on. So that's that's a a, a good thing, and it also is, um, uh, you know, it's a very loving relationship that I have with this little puppy, and. So that it keeps me young and, and uh, keeps my brain working. I, um, I, as I said, I walk with the puppy and uh, I try to follow a diet that is reasonably uh, healthy most of the time, <laughs> not all the time. And, um, and then uh, I think mental health is the key here, and uh, uh, it's very important to surround yourself with other people and not let yourself fall into isolation in, in retirement. You know, it's very important to uh, have clubs that you join or volunteer work, as I said earlier, uh, but to get out and be with other people and associate in a regular way. Uh, whether it's family or friends or new acquaintances. That's so true. I just uh, had lunch with a 92-year-old friend of mine, and she said that her influ her sphere of influence and in her world gets smaller every year, and that's why she pushes so hard to make those social connections. 
So um, uh, currently, I know you're you're collaborating on a, a book uh, for transforming conflict and finding common ground. Uh, when do you think that'll be out, Dr. White? Uh, probably in a year. Um, we okay. are. I, I'm working with a, a a very good friend of mine and a former faculty member at our university, and uh, the two of us are. Uh, not rushing this one. We're taking our time uh, doing some interviews with uh, superintendents who are okay. successful in uh, transforming conflict. Well, good. Um, just in case our listeners may want to reach you after our show, um, how would you like our listeners to contact you? Uh, right now we have a link to your LinkedIn page that everyone can access. Is there any other contact or uh, you want to just leave it with the LinkedIn uh, profile page? Uh, the LinkedIn page is fine. I also have a Facebook page, and I think I provided that. Okay, that'll be on our website also. Well, thank you so much. I'd like to say thank you, uh, Dr. Pat Clark-White, the woman, (laughs) the ageless professional who continues to say yes for being our leading lady today, and a special thanks to all our listeners, both, both in the U.S. and internationally, as we are an international show. We'll be back again for another Woman Lead Radio show on Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time and Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. It has been my sincere pleasure to be your host today. Thank you for listening and have a great week. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence, the premier private membership organization where like-focused, business-to-business executive and professional women connect, collaborate and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com.